Hey guys, Nick and Cal here. Hey everybody. And uh, we're going to skip the usual fanfare because this is not going to be your typical episode of Polishing Turds. It's not going to be very lighthearted or funny, and we're not going to play you any music. And I'm going to have to warn you guys up front, we're going to talk about some very disturbing stuff, including sexual violence, abuse, and kidnapping. Um, So if you're sensitive to any type of dark or violent content at all, just honestly just hit pause and walk away right now. Um, Yeah, so why, uh, why are we doing this? Well, about a year and a half ago, we did an episode on an obscure meme rapper called Viper. It's one of my favorite episodes of the podcast, or at least it used to be. Viper was this uh, rapper who became famous on the internet because he had a song called Y'all Cowards Don't Even Smoke Crack, which, you know, was just really dumb and funny. And he had a very lazy, like cloudy hip hop style that I honestly think he made a lot of good music, but then he just went off the deep end and started pumping out music at a just an absolutely insane rate you know he put out 1500 albums go listen to that episode it's it's he's one of those larger than life characters that i don't know (laughs) well i I think the reason that we feel we have to address this is i don't want to abandon that episode yeah no Uh, yeah it's it's a it's definitely a, a funny episode we're we're proud of it but we would not have approached that with the same tone that we did had we known the information that we know today um so let's just stop burying the lead uh we'll just kind of uh get into the big news and some of you guys already know this but viper whose real name is lee carter has recently been arrested on some incredibly serious charges these allegations are so heinous that we just couldn't let it go without saying something about it and we didn't want to just like bring it up in one of our regular episodes because like it's so fucked up it would just spoil whatever else the episode was about. Yeah, this is not a uh, fun fact type thing. No, and like it, it, it deserved its own treatment, but not in a way that we're gonna like hype up and say like, oh, it's Cal and Nick, and we're being really funny and entertaining. You know, this is just kind of a an addendum or a, a footnote in the the polishing turds universe. Um, so what happened was on January fourth, twenty twenty four, Lee Carter, age fifty two was arrested in Houston for allegedly kidnapping a pregnant woman and holding her captive in his garage for nearly five years. I'm just going to go ahead and read you a full article from the Houston Chronicle. But again, I just want to warn everybody, this shit is really disturbing and listener discretion is advised. All right, so uh, this is from the Houston Chronicle. A 52-year-old Houston man remains in jail on a $100,000 bond for allegedly kidnapping a woman and keeping her locked up against her will in his home's garage for four to five years. Lee Carter was arrested Thursday and charged with aggravated kidnapping, court records show. A Houston police officer's discovery on April 7th led to Carter's eventual arrest. Um, And this is kind of one of the weird uh, parts of the story is that the, they discovered this woman initially in April of 2023, but they didn't arrest uh, Lee Carter until earlier this month. And we're still not entirely sure why yeah, that that's is. that's a little mind-bending. So we'll, we'll circle back to that in a bit. But anyway, the article continues. 
While talking to the woman, the officer noted that she was, quote, extremely malnourished, weighed about 70 pounds, had a pungent stench, had crusty hair, was shoeless, and her t-shirt and shorts were, quote, filthy and dirty, according to court records. She had several encounters with law enforcement before her eventual arrest, but each time the woman was returned to her alleged captor, records stated. The same officer who rescued her had visited Carter's home a year ago to check on a possible kidnapping. He reportedly heard a woman's voice emanating from a window of the house, according to court documents. It is not known if the officer ever made contact with the woman or why it took police another year to rescue her. Once rescued, the woman told the officer that she met Carter about four or five years ago when she was pregnant and panhandling off Almeida, Genoa, court records show. Carter apparently pulled over his vehicle to give her one dollar. Again, this is a guy that's supposed to be the world's first trillionaire, according to our last episode. You don't become a trillionaire giving out handouts. One dollar. So he apparently pulled over his vehicle to give her one dollar. But once he left the area, he returned shortly. The woman reportedly told Carter she was, quote, vulnerable. He told her to get into his vehicle and that he would help her. Once the woman got into the vehicle, Carter then drove to his home in the 5,000 block of Perry Street and kept her locked up in his garage for years, court records show. The woman also accused Carter of forcing her to have sex with him, feeding her drugs, and preventing her from leaving his home. It's not clear what happened with the pregnancy. Court records made no mention of a child at the home. We'll circle back to that in a bit, too. The woman told the officer that she contacted police several times through the Text Now app, but it only led to her being hospitalized and then released to Carter, according to court records. The last time police and the Houston Fire Department came to the home, the woman said she broke the southern-facing window and climbed out to get the authorities' attention. This escape attempt resulted in her going to the hospital, being released to Carter, and him boarding up several windows. While locked in the garage, the woman said that there was no shower and that Carter would, would allow her to bathe in the main home, quote, from time to time. The woman explained how she never saw anyone in Carter's home, but she could hear him arguing with other women while she showered. Anytime the woman tried running away, she told the officer that Carter would grab her, return her to the garage, and lock her in it again. She routinely pleaded to Carter to let her leave, but he would threaten to physically assault her if she ever left his home, court records show. She accused Carter of giving her crack cocaine, pills, and other drugs to make her physically unable to leave. To survive, she subsided on chips and snacks, she told the officer. Yeah, apparently he never fed her a full meal. She was just living on chips the whole fucking time. That's insane. The woman contacted police on April 7th because Carter allowed her to use his laptop, according to court documents. With Carter's laptop, she used the Text Now app to contact law enforcement and inform them that she was being held against her will. The woman said the last time she saw Carter was the day before police found her. When Houston firefighters opened Carter's garage, they saw boarded windows, a makeshift toilet that didn't flush, a sink with a faucet, a mattress covered in fresh vomit, a 74-inch TV, one box of assorted chips, a few packages of Twinkies, 
and a shelf with about four to five folded shirts and 10 to 15 diapers on it, court records show. Officers did hear what sounded like two women's voices coming from inside Carter's home, but after knocking on the door multiple times, they did not get an answer, according to court documents. Curtains covered all the windows in the home. Attempts to reach Carter's public defender were not successful. Yeah, so... It's insane, dude. <laughs> it's... I When this article, when you sent this to me, I just... Like, what was the name of the one guy that just did this in Detroit? Ariel um, something? Ariel Castro, yeah. I, right? And, and I, Yeah, and it just blew my... Like, I thought how heinous that crime was. And then the fact that a, a guy that we listen to and have talked to on our, or like talked about on our show Mm -hmm. essentially did the same thing. This has got to be one of the worst music crimes I am aware of. (laughs) Oh, and I feel oddly close to it. You know, it really did shake me when I first read, read that. Oh, it definitely did for me too. Like I, I, one of our mutual friends texted me in the middle of the night and uh, that's how I found out about it. And I was just like, Holy freaking shit. And the fucked up thing is that, you know, the the whole time when we were writing, recording, releasing that episode. She was there. She was in his fucking garage. Like, and like, let's just be clear. We both kind of agreed. I think you say that, you know, Lee Carter is definitely not a good guy. Like we, no. like we, we always knew there was something kind of off about him and that he was, he's just like kind of this weird shady character. You know, he's, he's scammy. He's scammed his own fans. You know, he scammed me when I tried to buy one of his records. Like, but it was, the vibe was like, oh, ha ha, you just, you big, you know, just dumb idiot. Yeah. If I had any inkling that he was capable of this, like that, you know, that, that we, we wouldn't probably wouldn't have covered him in the first place. No. And, and particularly, I think I don't, I don't regret much from the episode, but I do think there was one area we kind of glossed over some of the allegations of him talking to underage people. Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, okay, there are some signs that maybe should have been taken more seriously. Yeah. I, and, and I've thought about that too. Cause like, he's like, he's been accused of, uh, of kind of preying on underage women. Granted, a lot of that came from like, you know, like, honeypot attempts by like reddit trolls mm-hmm. but he's definitely the kind of guy that would do that if given the opportunity my naive assumption was that he was too dumb to ever exactly like actually pull this off in real life but apparently you don't need to be that smart to be a a, a serial no. killer monster and that's actually the other part i'm and i'm sure you'll talk on in a little bit that i'm so shocked by I shouldn't be shocked because we've we've even talked it on the show, but just the systemic failure yes. of anyone to do anything. Yeah, I mean, just like when I found out that like like he got the warrant back in April, but didn't get arrested till January. He posts his tour dates on Twitter. He like they, the Houston PD could have literally pulled up Viper's Twitter account and been like, "Oh, he's going to be playing at this or that ballroom right. on the 29th. Oh, let's go arrest him then." I, I've seen a much more uh, spirited response to like allegations of someone having some weed. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like just, and the Houston police have admitted that, like, you know, we're still trying to piece things together. Like, there's definitely a lot more to this story that needs to come out, needs to get figured out. And by the way, um, uh, we actually don't know where the this victim is at the moment. We don't like they still haven't found her. Her whereabouts remain unknown. And the Houston police still don't know what happened 
to her baby because she she was pregnant at the time that uh, Viper picked her up. Viper, in recent days, uh, he made an initial court appearance. He claims that all the allegations are false and that they were in a consensual relationship and that he and the victim have a three-year-old son together. That is what Viper and his attorneys claim. (laughs) Not that I'm buying any of that. Right. Like... So yeah, so this is this is really fucked up. It's def- like you're definitely going to see like some kind of Netflix documentary about this at, yeah. at some point. Uh and and obviously the Viper community has pretty much disowned this guy on mass. Like it was cuz they everyone who likes Viper knew that like this is not a normal guy. Right. Um, well, we're up to lost profits level of depravity. Yeah, I mean, so we'll we'll get into the idea of separating art from artists, and I'm I'm a huge believer in that. Mm-hmm. But there comes a level that is too much. Yeah, this is about the line, I think. And I I actually did an experiment. I tried to listen to some of his music, some of his songs that I that I really liked, and I find that like I still like the beat, I like the music, but I just right. like, but you know what is I. I as soon as I looked at the album cover and saw his face, I couldn't do it anymore. Right. Just knowing what he is and what he did, it just it just kind of it makes your skin crawl. It's it's too much. Well, and even stuff I thought was so funny, like I've got to ball. Yeah. Now that I know what his definition of balling is, that changes the song. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like it's like no, that's like it's, you, you, having locking up women in your garage is not game. Yeah, that's not gangsta, man. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's it's really fucked up. And um, there's this guy, I never mentioned him in the the episode, but there's this guy named uh, Kettle on Water, um, who's like basically Viper's right hand man. He runs like Viper's YouTube channel, and he actually is the one that's responsible for making most of his videos and uh, and basically like, communicating with Viper. And um, he completely stepped back and cut off all contact with Viper and just disowned him. But I, I don't know what his level of knowledge is. I hate I have to think that like if he knew this was happening, he wouldn't have. No, yeah, like, you don't tie yourself to that yeah. voluntarily. So so Viper as a rapper as an entity is pretty much done. It, it'd be amazing if he didn't spend the rest of his life in jail at this point. But yeah, like as far as separating the art from the artist goes, and this is a this is a subject that we've touched upon lightly in several of our episodes throughout this series. And I don't know if we've ever landed on a, a very well thought out answer, to be honest. I, I don't think there is one. <laughs> yeah. It, it all depends on your personal line and what you're listening to that music for. Mm-hmm. Like we've never been the type of people to like completely cancel an artist over like one bad tweet. But also I feel like with, well, starting with this issue, I definitely think it's unethical to buy any Viper records, you know, to the extent that he'll make money off of it. Mm-hmm. But I but I have a hard time listening to him now, too. And I don't but I don't have a clearly thought out answer of why that is. Does just giving the music itself attention validate this guy in any in a, in a way that would uh that would be harmful toward the victim or the victim's family, you know, and let's, let's hope this victim is still alive. That's, that's an open question at this point too. 
Um, but yeah, I kind of think about that. So if you you bust out, you weigh seventy pounds. You're you're constantly a day away from starvation. And, the, and they then, gotta and find her soon. She can't be out in the wind like that. Yeah, like it's so. It's like this is a very it's a very bizarre and creepy situation. I don't know. I I feel I, I, part of the reason that I you know I, I drove out here and I insisted on doing this episode was that I I feel weirdly guilty about like even hyping this guy up in the first place, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I just feel that somebody who has committed this much harm and who has a victim that may still be out there or definitely family that still may be out there, we shouldn't be promoting this guy's music in the world where they could organically discover it and see a list of YouTube comments where like, ha best rapper in the game. Right. You know, that's, it's too much. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, fortunately, I, our base core of listeners, I think, is small. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we we didn't like make Viper famous. Like, mm. you know, we probably exposed him to people who hadn't heard him before. But you know, it just. But I get what you're saying. But it's... just like if you if you if if I said nothing about that, and then you listen to like me hyping up like viper as a rapper that i liked you know when you know when the the, in the fullness of history he's gonna go down as the rapper that committed this heinous act of murder Mm -hmm. which which when you think about it like of all the things that could have defined his career you know the smoking crack thing the you know the putting out 1500 albums the you know or even uh the you know 17 is legal pops yep like this is definitely going to be how it's probably going to make him more famous than he ever otherwise was. And, you know, amongst people who know true crime, they'll know that like, Oh, he's that guy in Texas that rapped while having a woman locked in his garage. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but I, to me, I think we're going to leave the episode up, right? We are going to. Um, and I think, I guess I'm okay with it in the sense of it's a time capsule at this point. Yeah, I this think... is what people thought of him without knowing this and what we know now. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I was gonna say earlier that like if you don't know um, anything about Viper, or haven't heard that episode, you should listen to that one first and then listen to this. But actually, I think it'd be more interesting if if our audience listened to this minisode and then listened to the Viper episode and then just think to themselves for two hours, "Wow, Nick and Cal are the worst people." On Earth. <laughs> Well, and it goes to show, man, with art artists and any person in media, like you don't know them. Yeah, there's just no way around that. You give all these ideas, you think you know them based on their like their social media and their lyrics, and mm-hmm. but you never know. And and yeah, and part of the reason why this is kind of fucking me up is because there there it I never saw this coming, but there were enough warning signs. There were enough drips that the definitely this is not a normal person this is definitely someone who is very selfish and 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 a grifter and someone who just just not a very pro-social person Mm -hmm. that you know i I, like i've had like at least two ex-girlfriends that i've tried to expose to viper and they were just intuitively at a very gut level repulsed by him and just <laughs> they would knew not, something just like they, they to the extent that they would not have something to do with him it's like it's like you know you know how dogs know like yep. it can sense an evil person walking down the street like like these you know these two 
exes of mine both had that same reaction to Viper. And I think they, they, some part of them must have known that like, this is just not a, not a good guy at all, man. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, to the extent that, that I was naive, that we were naive about it. I, I apologize for that. I don't know if I need to apologize, but I'm apologizing anyway, because I, I feel a bit fucked up about it. You know, he does, to be fair, also, he does have a song on YouTube called You'll Never Know I Had a Girl Chained in My Garage. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay, that so that was Kettle on Water. Oh, um, he did that? Yeah, so Kettle on Water is the guy that, like, uh, that makes those videos and changes the titles a lot of the times. But he, so he changed a, an earlier title to that. Okay. And then he changed another. Oh, that's pretty t- yeah. dark, man. Yeah, <laughs> there's a meme of that. I don't know if you remember the Cannibal Corpse guitar player. He had a, a mental breakdown and he got arrested, but he went to a mental home instead of jail. Yeah, but he was basically just running around with guns, and he was in a complete manic state. And they were able to um, get him before anything happened. Mm-hmm. But then they made a joke. Someone made a joke Cannibal Corpse song. They found a bunch of skulls and guns in his basement. So they made a joke song called I Have a Bunch of Guns and Skulls in My Basement. <laughs> and then it said, how could we have seen this coming? <laughs> and that's, you know, and that is on brand for them, right. I Right. It's a believable so, song title. Yeah. <laughs> it just fits right into the Cannibal Corpse universe. I don't really have much more to say on this other than the fact that the whole thing makes me sick to my stomach. And... Obviously, our hearts go out to this poor woman, assuming that she's still alive. I really hope she is. I definitely don't think it's beyond Lee Carter to have uh, like murdered her. Mm-hmm. You know, so just watch out for that. And I don't know what uh, what lesson can be drawn for this. Do you have anything, Cal? Like, <laughs> I think my only one is the one I said is just. Don't assume you know a celebrity yeah, based off of any media they've put out. Don't assume you know anyone. Don't yep. assume you know me. Right. You, know? you never know. Um, but I think that it goes without saying that we never would have made the Viper episode if we knew that he was capable of inhumanity on this scale. And, uh, you know, a lot of the artists that we have covered are uh, complicated human beings, just like any one of us is. But I sincerely hope that we never have to do a, a mini-sode like this again. Yeah. And then finally, I just wanted to end this by recording a little message to Lee Carter himself. And that message is, Fuck you, man. No amount of mental illness could justify your actions. No amount of musical talent could possibly redeem the monster that you are. You have always taken advantage of others, including your own fans, including me, And still, thousands of us gave you the benefit of the doubt simply because the idea of Viper was too appealing to let go of. We wanted to believe that there was something worth celebrating about this bumbling idiot rapper who seemed to unwittingly satirize the idea of music making. We wanted to believe that there was some redeeming value in you even as you continued to descend into self-parody and hucksterism. Well, guess what, asshole? That's all gone now. Your tiny empire of fraud and delusion has collapsed in on itself. The joke ain't funny no more. And if there's any justice in the world, you'll be locked up forever, left with nothing but the pitiful dark void that constitutes your soul. In the final analysis, Lee Carter, you truly are a coward. 
And uh, I don't know if you heard that or not. You know, Viper used to follow us on Twitter. Um, he blocked us recently. Oh. Um, I think because of something. He posted a new album, of course, and the album was like titled like "I'm Innocent," like oh, blah God. blah blah. And I like I just I commented like "fuck you" or something like that, and then he blocked me. Oh, so, you hurt his feelings. So I heard, I, I hurt Viper's fifis. Um, but you know, yeah, fuck him, man. Yeah, like, I, I hope he rots in jail. And uh, maybe in twenty years there will come a time where I could listen to, you know, my hops, and find a way to enjoy it. But I, I can't feel that right now. What's the old South Park thing? It takes ten years, twelve years. It's like twenty-one and a thirty years, twenty-one or something and like, a thirty something years, something like that. There's the formula for when a tragedy becomes funny. Uh, but yeah, that's all we got. Uh, we're going to be back with a real episode soon. Uh, so just thank you for listening, and uh, see you next time.